on this week's episode of Juke Sports, we talk NFL Week 17, and the table is set for the playoffs this weekend. We talk about bowl season, the college football playoff, and the national championship next Monday. We then get into our list, which is the most absurd bowl game names. Ending, as always, with closing statements. All right, let's get after it. Welcome back to Juke Sports, January 5th. 2021 happy new year and the nfl playoffs are set now i know what you're all thinking uh, i just want to you know again this is not a dolphins podcast but i'm not gonna do what everyone thinks i'm gonna do i'm not gonna freak out it, it was a good year it was a good year. Uh, you know, 10 and 6, improving from last year, having a very good defense. Uh, they got blown out by Buffalo, who rested their starters after the first half. It 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 just everything that could go wrong did go wrong. But it's okay. They have something to build on. They have two first round picks. They have a bunch of I think five of the I think I've top five picks in like the first four rounds. It, it's fine. We're okay. Everything's all right. But later on that night, something else happened. Washington played Philadelphia um, for the NFL East, which has been a complete dumpster fire. Uh, Washington wins. They win the win the division. If the Eagles win. That gives the Giants the division. Now, at first, watching this game, I thought, all right, obviously the Eagles aren't putting their best foot forward. They're clearly just experimenting, to say the least, um, against Washington, giving Washington the game. And I did kind of feel for the Giants. But then I remembered, wait a second, the Giants played Philadelphia, what, three weeks ago? They had a chance if they would have beat them, but the Giants lost. So I really don't feel sorry for the Giants. I really don't. And I am going to, I mean, how can you not root for Washington after, you know, everything they've been through? You got Ron Rivera there coaching his ass off. Um you know, going through cancer treatment um, and really uh, taking that team, which everyone thought was going to be at the bottom of the NFC, and turning them into at least a playoff appearance, even though you know they <laughs> they had a losing record. Chase Young <laughs> has been proven to be a generational talent. Uh, the the kid's a monster. Uh, called out Tom Brady this week. That'll be interesting. Um, 
Tom Brady usually does well with bulletin board material. I would not have done that if I was Chase Young, but if the kid calls him sh- his shot and they happen to win, I mean, that would be a heck of a story, especially for Ron Rivera and what he's doing there. And, oh, of course, I almost forgot, Alex Smith's resurgence into the league. Amazing. His wife took his leg brace, his old leg brace, and like made it into like this little Lombardi trophy. Awesome stuff. Excited to watch them play. But the uh, NFL, it is, the table is set. So let's get through some of these matchups here. Um, in the NFC, let's start. Uh, Seattle versus the Rams. Uh, Seattle comes out as a four and a half point uh, favorite. Uh, the Rams, really good defense here. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I really like Los Angeles in this game. I really do. Uh, their, their offense does scare me, but Seattle's defense hasn't, it hasn't been up to par with those defenses in the past. It's actually not that great. So I really like the Rams here to score some points and to shut down Seattle. It's a tall task. But I do like taking L.A. Uh, plus four and a half. Watch to see where that line goes. Next, uh, what we were talking about uh, earlier, uh, Washington football team versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa is a seven, right now a seven and a half point favorite. I would love to see where this line goes. If it goes... Lower. So, for example, I, I'm a firm believer. I go where the line. I go where the line goes. If this line gets down to six or five and a half, I'm telling you, I'm taking Washington here. I I, I do believe that that team is going to come out fired up to play Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That defense versus Tampa Bay's offense. The problem here is. Washington, can Washington's offense keep up? Um, And again, if that line goes down, that's telling me Vegas knows something. I would take Washington there, not to win, but to cover. Let's see. Uh, New Orleans, the two seed against the Bears. Saints are right now at eight and a half. I do like the Saints in this. Um, I I know the Bears kind of limped their way in at eight and eight. but I, I really like the Saints. The Saints seem to be clicking. Let's go down to the AFC. Uh, the Saturday game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills against the Indianapolis Colts. <sighs> Watching the Bills absolutely dismantle Miami, not even trying, um, really made me think Bills... Uh, Bills are going to the Super Bowl. And then watching Indy kind of struggle with Jacksonville. They have their own set of problems. But the line being six and a half, and I know NFL six and a half is rather large. I would I think I think Colts cover here. I think Colts cover. Buffalo hasn't won a playoff game in in I can't even remember. Uh Indianapolis has at least been there. I think they bounce back from struggling a little bit with the Jags and kind of limping into the season because they were red hot at one time. Um, 
But I thought this line would be higher. Uh, I would go with Indianapolis to cover. Uh, Tennessee, Baltimore. Ravens, four and a half point favorites. Uh, the Ravens, I take the Ravens. I hammer the Ravens, actually. There's no way that they are going to lose their first game again. That team is going to be motivated. Tennessee's very good. They're going to control the clock. They're going to control the run game. They're going to control the game in between um, or in the trenches. I like Ravens, four and a half. Uh, this one's really intriguing to me just because they just played each other. Opening line is uh, Steelers three and a half, Steelers versus Browns. I like Pittsburgh here. I think Cleveland getting in, they're going to be on that high. They just beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's going to get their guys healthy. I like Pittsburgh uh, with that three and a half point spread. All right. Enough of the NFL talk. Let's move on to my favorite time of the year, bowl season. And, you know, there were a few surprising things that went on in bowl season. Um, I think a lot of people were a little bit surprised that Liberty upset Coastal. Um, You know, that was a heck of a game, really good game. Uh, Same thing with Texas, just Killing Colorado. Colorado had some guys out on defense, which definitely showed. Um, oh, of course, the the black eye of all bull season. We have uh, Mississippi State and Tulsa. Mississippi State beats Tulsa uh, by two points in the Armed Forces Bowl. And after the game, and it got chippy towards the end, uh, Tulsa tries an onside kick. And a Mississippi State player absolutely demolishes him. And not only does he demolish him, he looks over him in in clear taunting. And there was some pushing and shoving there. And then as the the handshake line was going on, you know, Mike Leach is taking pictures in the crowd, you know, like a head coach does after games. And, you know, don't get me wrong. I I love Mike Leach. I really do. He is an enigma. He is... Uh, you know, talks about pirates and Bigfoot, and, and he's he's a national treasure. He really is. I love Mike Leach. This is a bad look on Mike Leach. This is a horrible look on Mike Leach. Um, you know, in the stands, while you know the the players are coming together to you know shake hands, and a brawl just ensues. But when I look, when I review the tape, it's like three Tulsa guys. And then a bunch of Mississippi State guys escalating. You have the one Mississippi State player, you know, kicks a guy and then runs away. Like, like that's bushly to me. And, you know, fighting is wrong. I think we can all agree that, you know, there should not be brawls like this in sports. That's not right. It's not sportsmanlike. It, it shouldn't be tolerated. But if a skirmish takes place and... You know, punches are being thrown or something like that. Like we saw with LeGarrett Blunt and Boise State. Granted, he did he sucker punch him? Yeah, but the Boise State guy was talking crap on him. Um, you know, we see it from time to time when Ohio State, Michigan plays, uh, Texas and Oklahoma. 
um, Texas, Texas Tech. You know, we, we've seen these things happen. But, you know, kicking someone and then running away, you know, guys from Mississippi State who weren't even dressed are, like, getting involved. Like, shut up. Sit on the, stand on the sideline. Like, that's what bothers me. Like, what some of the players did, and, and I know Tulsa players, they, they should have just walked away. But when you're in the moment, hitting the moment like that, you know, it, it's hard to walk away. Because I think 90% of people would say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to knock your head off right now. Like, you won the game. Just go away. But, you know, it seemed like Mississippi State escalated. And, and again, I, I know Twitter is a toxic cesspool. I say it all the time. But Auburn people, Georgia people were chiming in saying it was no surprise, especially Auburn. I don't know what happened in the Auburn-Mississippi State game, but Auburn people were very upset. And I know Auburn plays really chippy too, but they were saying Mississippi State players, like it got bad in that game and there's no surprise that Mississippi, that this is happening or this happened at Mississippi State. So it's a bad look for Mike Leach. It's a black eye. I don't know what the necessary punishment is. I mean, definite suspensions. Um, I hate the fact that some of those kids that might, you know, that um, participated in that. I hate that they would get kicked out of school. Um, maybe it's tough because. You know, we all were 18, 19, 20 years old once where we didn't think clearly. Um, And I'd hate for someone's future to be ruined because of that. But there needs to be some sort of consequences for it. Uh, But I don't want people to say, oh, they should be thrown out of school. They should, you know, their police charges, stuff like that. You know, listen, there should be consequences, you know, maybe doing some um, public service. Um, things like that, community service, um, you know, suspensions from the team, suspensions from games for next year. That I feel like is necessary, but being kicked out of school, I just don't like that because if you kick them out of school, you send them back to maybe a bad home. I don't know. I don't know uh, the background of these kids, but if you send them back to an environment that isn't good, then you're, you're just you're you're really setting the kid up for fail in life. And I know he made a choice. He has to, those kids have to live with that choice, but I don't think they should be kicked out of school for that. Um, going through some of these other games, yeah, Ole Miss beat Indiana. Uh, Ole Miss played a really great football game. Uh, that corral was amazing. Upsets Indiana. Um the can I the question I want to be answered though is can Indiana use the excuse of well they got passed up in major bowl games motivation was a factor can they play motivation I mean Cots and I talked about it last uh, when we were talking about bowl games that you know is Indiana going to be fired up to play Ole Miss in the Outback Bowl after they are eleventh. In the country and got passed up for a major bowl games. They got passed up for the Citrus Bowl. I mean, I don't know. Possibly. Uh, They lost Penix Jr., which if you watch the game, no offense to Tuttle, but Indiana's offense with Penix Jr. looks extremely different 
than than it did when Tuttle was um, taking snaps. I mean, I know they tied the game up late. Uh, Indiana's defense was gassed, constantly being on the field, constantly being put in bad situations, which I don't know if enough people understand is that when your offense is bad, your defense is going to suffer because your offense is continually giving the ball back and giving the other offense chances. And when that happens, you get worn down. Indiana's defense was absolutely gassed in that fourth quarter. They were hanging by a thread. They needed one more stop, and they couldn't do it. The breakdown in coverage, big-time score. So I really believe Penix Jr. is there. Um, Indiana uh, wins that football game, and if they don't win – I mean, I mean, it was a six-point game. I mean, they they had to have won that game. You, you would think they would have to win if Penix Jr. was playing. Um, but they would have scored. I mean, at least they would have scored more than twenty points. I mean, man, um, Ball State. Uh, I know this is not on everyone's radar, um, but Ball State just taking it to San Jose State. Uh, one of the craziest first quarters. Uh, probably all year, uh, uh, special teams, picks. Uh, I heard San Jose had some guys out. They had their offensive coordinator and defensive out, out for COVID. You know, that's got to hurt. Um, once San Jose settled down in the second quarter, uh, it was more of an evenly matched game, but the damage was already done. Ball State uh, pretty much dominated, ran away with, with the game because of a huge first quarter. Um, looking at our New Year's Six games, um, not the playoff, just our New Year's Six, um, Oklahoma Boat Races, Florida. I get it. Florida has some guys out. Um, you know, they're the third SEC team. Oklahoma is, you know, the Big 12 champion. You know, but Oklahoma had some guys out on defense too. You know, I know Florida doesn't have pits. No, they didn't have another uh, their other big time receiver. I can't think of his name right now, but be getting beat by thirty five. I mean, I, I know it's Big Twelve number one against you know SEC three, but thirty five. Come on, and then Dan Mullen giving this uh, the last game the twenty twenty team played uh, was three weeks ago. Shut up. Like, I'm sick. And, you know, I, I like Dan Mullen. When he was at Mississippi State, when he was first at Florida, I really like Dan Mullen. But these past this past year, and even last year, just shut up, man. Like, he's really starting to get on – I mean, if he's getting on my nerves, I'm sure he's getting on other people's nerves. Like, like it's just putting a target on Florida's back um, for years to come. If he even sticks around, there's talk about him possibly uh, going to the NFL. A peach ball. This was a this was a great game. Georgia Cincinnati. Um, Cincinnati was nine and zero. They are by far they were by far the best group of five. Hung with Georgia the entire time, but Georgia's defense really started to settle in in that second half. They had that they gave up that big run to Cincinnati out the gate, and then they really figured them out from there. And then once again, once your offense can't move the ball anymore. Your defense is going to struggle. Um, and I keep getting asked 
this question of where would Cincinnati rank in regards to other conferences? I think SEC-wise, I think they would maybe be the fourth or fifth best team in the ACC, probably behind your floor, you know, uh, Georgia, Florida, Texas A&M, Alabama. Okay, so this year probably their fifth. Um, Big Ten-wise, I mean, Big Ten had a little bit of a down year. I think I'd put Cincinnati maybe fourth in the Big Ten uh, behind Ohio State, Iowa, who got screwed because Mizzou had COVID. Um, I think that was going to be an ass kicking. The Hawkeyes were about to give Missouri. Um, You know, but again, in these power fives, I think Cincinnati would be maybe the fourth, probably the fifth best in the SEC, fourth best in the Big Ten. Um, ACC, uh, maybe third in the ACC. Pac-12, they could probably win this year and this year alone. I think this year Cincinnati could have won the Pac-12. I firmly believe it. I think I think they were just as good as USC. Um, which takes us to our next game. Iowa State controlled this game the entire way. Matt Campbell is one hell of a coach. He says he's going to stay at Iowa State. I'd be interested to see where it goes from there. Uh, Texas A&M, North Carolina. This was a fun one, too. North Carolina, um, their defense hung with Texas A&M for a while. Uh, Texas A&M, uh, they, again, this was another one. Uh, I mean, the score, it's a two-touchdown lead or two-touchdown final. But North Carolina was with them the whole game. Uh, Texas A&M just pulled away at the end, got a late touchdown to seal the deal. Mac Brown's doing great things. It's absolutely crazy to me. Mac Brown just shows up in North Carolina, and all of a sudden, they're a good football team. I'm interested to see how Mac Brown is going to do later on um, in the next coming years. Um, now to the finals. I think no one was surprised. Alabama Notre Dame game. Um, I mean, Alabama completely dominated. Even when Notre Dame scored late, you think to yourself, you know, Alabama was always in control. There was never a doubt in my mind watching that game that, oh, man, Alabama's in trouble. You know, maybe early when Notre Dame scored, but even then, Alabama was in control. Um, Probably the biggest surprise of bowl season, Ohio State just absolutely murdering Clemson. And... It makes you think, did Ohio State sandbag this entire season? Like, did they say to themselves, we are going to play vanilla, we are going to run base stuff, and we're going to win this conference because we're better and more talented than everyone, and then we're going to play Clemson, and we're going to beat them. Because it seemed to me like all these Ohio State players, they were always talking about getting back at Clemson, getting back at Clemson. And it just seemed like that, you know, and towards the end, you know, they they struggled. You know, Indiana had a big comeback. Um, They struggled with Northwestern. And then they show up against Clemson 
and just blow the doors off them. I mean, completely surprise them. You know, and that makes you think, you know, Ohio State coming in very motivated, very, uh, motivated all year. I mean, they put the score in their weight room and the practice facility. So Ohio State was looking for blood. Clemson was looking ahead. Clemson was looking at Alabama. That's what it looked like to me. It looked like Clemson was a team that said, we're going to win the national championship. And they forgot the Buckeyes were in front of them. Ohio State had in their mind, we're going to beat the hell out of Clemson. Um, the title game, I mean, Ohio State has struck, or sorry, Alabama has struggled with Ohio State when they play each other in the past. But I, I don't see, I just don't see Ohio State coming out on top. Again, I said that last week against Clemson. But I just think Alabama is just too good in every facet of the game. Every single facet of the game, I think Ohio or Alabama is better. I think Ohio State might have a better quarterback in Justin Fields. Chris Olave is good. But, you know, with, with, with Smith and Waddle, they're, they're the two best receivers in college football. And they're on the same team. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Alabama's defense is going to be good. You know, Ohio State's defense people thought was a little bit lacking this year. Uh, I see Alabama winning this. I, I don't think – I think the line right now is seven or seven and a half. I don't see – I see Alabama covering that spread. I see Alabama winning – the whole game by a nice seven points and then scoring late in the game to go up two scores. All right, uh, more news from today in the college football world. Um, Doc Holliday, uh, head coach of Marshall, out as head coach after just being named Conference USA Coach of the Year. Um, now, if you're unfamiliar with Doc Holliday... Um, he shows up at Marshall. He's been there for 11 seasons, um, eight bowl games, six bowl wins in those bowl games. Um, he has gone the past couple years, so since 2017, eight and five, nine and four, eight and five, uh, shortened season this year, um, goes seven and three and loses to a, you know, a very good Buffalo team out of the MAC. Uh, they had a great year. And they got rid of him. And at first, I looked at this and I thought, you know, what's Marshall doing? I heard the governor, uh, Jim, Jimmy, Jimmy J, as they call him here in West Virginia. Jim Justice was involved because he wanted Bobby Pruitt, the head coach, three years ago. Um, after uh, Marshall goes three and nine, and then Marshall has an you know, an eight-win season, won the New Mexico Bowl. So, like, well, we can't get rid of him now because, you know, again, you're when you're a middle-tier college football team and you win a middle-tier bowl, that, that pretty much means you're going to stay on. Um, I just, I don't know. This one's strange to me. I will say I did see rumors that there was a giant locker room fight at Marshall like right before the bowl game, not like when they were there, but like before they left in Huntington, 
where Huntington police got involved. I mean, I think if that's true, uh, Jim Justice having influence at Marshall, um, and I, he's a guy that doesn't, you know, kind of rubs people the wrong way because, you know, he's an abrasive guy. He's a hard ass. Uh, his contract was up and they said it's not going to be renewed. He's out. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack there. I, I, I really, I, there's more to this than just winning football games. And that's evident. And I think we're going to learn about that um, as the days move forward all right now it's time for our list segment this week's list is brought to you by the thrive fantasy app the nfl playoffs are approaching and what better way to get in on the action than to download the thrive Fantasy app. Thrive Fantasy deals with the top-tier athletes, so it appeals to casual and die-hard sports fans. Remember to put in the promo code JUKE when you sign up. That's right, JUKE, J-U-K-E. And Thrive will give you a free $20 if you deposit $20 or more. Download the Thrive Fantasy app to make your sports experience more enjoyable. All right, this week's list is... Most absurd bold names. So we are looking at the crazy bold names that take place. You know, you hear of the prestigious ones. You know, you got the Rose and the Sugar, the Fiesta, um, the Peach Bowl. You know, the the big bowls. But we today are going to rank the most absurd bowls. And I know if you're listening right now, you're already thinking of a few of these bowls that you may have watched Okay, so let's get this started. Uh, number five, uh, the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. Um, the Sun Bowl is a middle tier bowl, but it it's it's still you know it's a staple of bowl season. You know it's you know two you know kind of good teams play in it, but to call it the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, I don't think anyone wants to brag or anyone wants to. Say that, oh yeah, well when I was in school, the you know the football team they they played in the Tony, Tony the Tiger Bowl. <laughs> Sorry, I don't think so. I mean, if not after a a cartoon cereal mascot. I mean, I love Frosted Flakes. I think ninety nine percent of people love Frosted Flakes, but to name a bowl after their mas- mascot is absurd to me. If you know, if anything, call it the Kellogg Sun Bowl. That's fine. Make it the company, Kellogg Sun Bowl. That, that, that's fine. That's doable. But the, the Tony the Tiger to make it after the actual mascot, I don't know. To me, that's a little, that's a little strange. Um, for the Poland Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Also, I think it was uh, the Weed Eater Texas Bowl as well. Um, this is a little before my time. This was, they had this name from about 91 to 97. I think Tom Herman back in the day uh, made jokes about it, saying uh, we don't want guys that want to go to the Poland Weed Eater Independence Bowl. And like when a bowl is used as a butt of a joke and we'll get into, you know, obviously bet, uh, 
more outrageous ones later that are definitely used for that. Like when your bowl is the butt of a joke of there's too many bowl games, that's when you know you have an absurd bowl name. Um, number three, this is a bit of a cop out, and I don't like to do this, but any bowl, any bowl name with the website in it, anyone, and from the late '90s to mid 2000s, there were a bunch. All right, I mean, right now we have the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Um, I think the first year they had it was the taxslayer.com bowl. At least they had enough sense to take the .com out. But, I mean, you go through the list. Um, the insight.com bowl. Galleryfurniture.com bowl. That's a mouthful. Uh, EV1.net Houston bowl. Uh, let's see. Uh, GoDaddy.com bowl. It's just, it's too much. It, it really is. If, if it has, and I hate, like I said, I hate to do cop-outs like that, but... Any bowl with a with a dot com or a website name, put it in there. That's our number three. Number two, the Beef O'Brady's Bowl. When I first heard this, again, I'm from the north, but I didn't even know what Beef O'Brady's was. I had to look it up. I thought it was like a soup. I thought it was like um, chunky soup, like a variation of chunky soup. Um, I didn't know it was. It's a restaurant in the Tampa, or or I shouldn't say Tampa, but in that Florida in that Florida area, like Northern Florida. It's a restaurant chain. Had no idea that used to be the St. Petersburg Bowl, and then which actually has a tie-in to our number one, which we will get to shortly. Um, honorable mentions. Um, Advocare V100 Independence Bowl, famous Idaho Potato Bowl. I mean, hey, it's in Boise, uh, the Potato Bowl. It's just crazy to me that we have a bowl named after potatoes. I get the bowl though. I mean, it, listen, if you're gonna have an if if you're gonna have a bowl game in Idaho, it might as well be the Potato Bowl. That's the only good thing that comes out of Idaho. Oh, I guess besides Boise State football sometimes. Um, this next one, just because of the absurd... I had to put this one in because it was kind of a joke when it first came out in 2018. Uh, because it was on at like 10.15 at night because it was played in Arizona. And this year with the absurdity that took place. Um, but the Cheez-It Bowl. Um... The cheese it Bowl, when it first came out, everyone made jokes because it was at 10.15 Eastern time. Uh, and it was like Cal versus TCU. And it was like a 10 to 7 um, uh, overtime game. And then it was the old Cactus Bowl. And now they moved to Orlando. And now cheese it is the spot to what used to be the Camping World Bowl. Which, honestly, the Camping World Bowl, the, I think it was the old Russell Athletics Bowl, um, that's a decent bowl. You know, this year it was Oklahoma State-Miami. So right now the Cheez-It Bowl is a decent bowl. But I, I had to put it on there this year just because of, of how crazy this year's was with the, with the cardboard cutouts of the cheese in the stands and then the smoke. They have, like, these the, the annoying cheese commercials along with – um, the so bad it's good um, cheese commercials for Cheez Its. Um, 
But yeah, I had to put that in there, at least for the honorable mentions. Um, Number one, this one's a little bit newer, but it's the old St. Petersburg Bowl, but they moved it to Tampa. And that is the Bad Boys, Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. I've never heard of Bad Boys Mowers, but apparently it's it's a company that sells lawn mowers. <laughs> and their their uh slogan is mow with an attitude. <laughs> they have like this big bulldog uh as their mascot. Honestly, the bulldog looks like it, it and it's the the mascot logo of the bad boy mowers like i guess their their mascot is a bulldog and it looks just like the bull the, the SCLSU mud dogs uh logo from the water boy it's blue and orange it's looking the same way it has that mean look on its face <laughs> it, it's just a mouthful and i think i said this earlier you know the longer the bowl is the more ridiculous it sounds I mean, they have, like, the mowers on the sidelines, which I think is kind of dangerous. They have the big blow-up mascot dog on the sideline. Anyway, Bad Boy Boy Mowers Bowl, that's my number one for most absurd bowl names. Now, there's no doubt in my mind I missed a few. Um, When we post this on Wednesday, um, make sure you let us know what do you think is the most absurd bowl name. Um, vote on it. We'll give you the top three and then let us know in the thread below if we missed any. Um, now on to closing statements. Um, so a phrase that we say a lot today is we are living in an unprecedented time. Um, we have, you know, small businesses are closing, um, going bankrupt, People who are in that line of work are struggling to make ends meet. Um, so we have packages that we have programs that businesses can sign up for, um, especially bigger businesses, so that their employees can get paid while this is going on, while they're not working. Okay, uh, the Paycheck Protection Program loan. The loan goes to the business, and then the biz so the business can pay their workers. Um. Oh, there were a couple, you know, sports franchises, like nothing big, you know, your, your, your lower soccer clubs, um, motor racing teams, you know, things like that are taking out this loan. Um, except for one major, um, one major sports franchise out of the four main, out of the four, the, the big four of sports, um, your football, hockey, baseball, basketball, only one organization took out this loan. And and before I say anything, I want to say, one, I'm glad their employees are getting paid. I, I am glad. But to take out a loan when there are, you know, other uh, organizations that probably need this more than you, you're going to take out a loan to pay your employees? I don't know. But... If you needed any other reason to hate the Pittsburgh Penguins, they are that team. They are that organization. They were given uh, $4.8 million 
to make sure their employees were paid. Now, granted, I, I'm glad their empo- employees are getting paid. But to give them a loan? Come on. Like, what is going on? Like, I don't understand how the Pittsburgh Penguins need money. Now, I understand they were a terrible franchise until Mario Lemieux got there and saved them. But then when he retired, they went in the tank again. And then his group, the Lemieux group, had to again bail them out in the mid to late 2000s because they were about to move to Kansas City. And if it wasn't for Sidney Crosby being as great as he was and for uh, Malkin to, you know, really, you know, and I don't want to say surprise because, you know, everyone knew he was good, but to be, you know, in that tier of guys, in that top tier of players, to win in 09 and then win two more, I mean, I don't, if, if, the Penguins don't win in 09. They are moving to Kansas City. They're moving to Kansas City. So I don't understand that you are one of the premier groups, the cre- premier teams in um, hockey, and you need to take out or you need to apply for a loan? Are you kidding me? You're that hurt for money? I don't know. But like I said, if uh, you needed any more reason to hate the Pittsburgh Penguins, there it is. I uh, want to thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you go and follow us on Instagram, Juke Sports Pod, uh, and on Twitter, at Juke Sports Pod. And make sure you give this a review on Apple or on Spotify. Make sure you tell your friends. And until next time, adios.